This is the Global Service Associates Podcast, and I'm your host, Andy McCullough. Welcome back. I'm I'm here today with uh, Dave Jones, um, who's in Denver. And uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about your family. I know your wife's Gina, and and you have three sons, right? Yeah. And uh, and some grandkids. Yeah. The grandkids. newest the newest addition. You know, we waited quite a long time, but we do have a granddaughter who is eight months old. So. Our oldest son is uh, is married, and uh, she's from Colorado as well. But they happen to be in Las Vegas now. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, two sons in uh, over in Aurora, and then uh, that are not married. And then we have the the son, our oldest son, in Las Vegas. Okay. So one one grandbaby. Yeah. What's her name? The your granddaughter. Uh, Felly. F-E-L-L-I, Feli. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Feli Metzli Jones. So we, we really come to the point of realizing there's only one of those in the world. <laughs> yeah, when you have a common name like Jones, you, you yeah. want to have a, a oh, unique yeah. first name, right? Yeah. You, you don't want to have a, a, another Dave Jones in the world. you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's probably a lot of Dave Joneses. No, you know, yeah, there's probably a couple just, you know, within a few blocks of me. <laughs> yeah. And then, so your wife, Gina, y'all just celebrated an anniversary recently, right? Yeah, so 37 years. Been, you know, together for 40 and just celebrated 37 years of marriage. Wow. Now, did you, are you originally from the Denver area? Dave? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I uh, grew up in Denver, went to Wheat Ridge High School. Okay. Yeah. And what about Gina? Is she from Denver? And Gina was a, a military uh, brat. And so she, okay. early years was in Germany. Oh. And, then, uh, and then they moved a couple times back and forth. But she, you know, her dad was at Fort Carson. So she was down at Security okay. Lake, like Southern Colorado Springs. But yeah, yeah. grew up in a military community. Where did y'all meet? Where did you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, Gina was already working at Denver Youth for Christ. Okay. And then uh, I was actually down in College Springs working at a, a group home for troubled youth hmm. and uh, decided I want to continue that kind of work. So I was going to work with kids in lockup. And that's what Youth for Christ was doing in Denver. So I moved back to Denver, worked for Youth for Christ. And, and then that's where we met. And oh, that's cool. It didn't take long for us to start. start well, doing. you had a common, you had a common heart and vision. I mean, like how many people were working in that? Yeah. Yeah. Hard for that. That's awesome. 37 years, you said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you lead um, Denver Leadership Initiative and <clears throat> that what for the last 11 years is yeah sound about right mm -hmm. why, don't, why don't you tell um the audience kind of give a picture of what and you call it dli yeah. um mm -hmm. what dli does okay yeah uh you know probably good to just tell you about the genesis of dli yeah is yeah that, let's uh, do that you know there is a organization called urban youth workers institute in la and they put out some funding to different cities to bring uh, urban inner city youth leaders together and have them meet once a month, read some leadership books, and just share life together and to do that for a year. Okay. So that's exactly what went on here. And I was part of that mm -hmm. with several leaders in Denver. And uh, it really went... Uh, it was interesting. It felt like the books took sort of a 
they were sitting on the side, even though we read them, and it was really more about sharing life and uh, just really going to a real deep level, and you know, with our sharing. And so that group uh, really came together. A, a majority of us did, and started Denver Leadership Initiative. And a guy named Mike Espinosa, uh, mm-hmm. who used to be in Denver, really was the guy who took the lead on that. And okay. So, Right when, uh, right when I was in transition out of Here's Life Inner, Here's Life Inner City, this opportunity came up to join with Micah with that, so Denver Leadership Initiative. So, uh, so that was the start of it. But that just sort of gives you a picture of sort of some of that vision. And uh, so we we have this uh, tagline, which is really a, a guiding you know, mission statement for us, which is, you know, building healthy leaders that create healthy uh, ministries, ministries, that create healthy communities. Okay. So, so let me, let me think back, cough that building yeah. healthy leaders mm-hmm. who build healthy ministries to create healthy communities. Yeah. So okay. if you think about, I mean, it's almost easier to think of an unhealthy leader. Yeah is almost always going to create an unhealthy ministry. Yeah. And then that unhealthy ministry is going to really do nothing in the community but cause problems. <laughs> so if you think of the opposite, then it's a little bit easier to think about, you know, healthy mm. leaders. But, mm. uh, so when we were starting it, we really thought about, okay, do we say trained leaders? And then we really came around to, no, we're going to say healthy leaders because it's really... Uh, training is a component, but it's right. really about uh, healthy leaders. Yeah, we all know trained leaders who aren't very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, cool. And so you have this, and then, <coughs> excuse me, you're, is it mostly you're, the people you're gathering for your initiative is uh, inner city Denver leaders? Yeah, uh, you know, and even that term now, when we say inner city, we, yeah, it's sort of is that still is that passe now? Yeah, is I it, mean, it's well, more urban or how do? We... You know what? There is nobody knows what that term is anymore because uh-huh. uh, you know it's it's really more you know be inner suburbs or you know whatever it is. True. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, Aurora might have more you know more that inner city kind of context than Denver some in some ways these days, yeah. but. Yeah. So it's really, uh, you know, it's really those who are ministering to uh, the poor, uh, the marginalized, you know, those that are just outside the, you know, the typical spectrum of who's, who's primarily, uh, you know, involved in ministry. Right. But, so that's, that's who we, you know, are aimed at. And yeah, we, we say we say urban we say urban leaders, even though that, like I said, that can have a little different context. But we say urban leaders. Yeah. Okay. And then you you do these kind of is it nine or ten month cohorts? Where could they? Yeah. Uh, it it was a year long before, and then just this last time we thought we'd just give it a try to do a school year. Uh huh. So we basically started at the end of August and ended in May. And so, okay. you know, we will, there's a, we'll meet uh, 14 times during the year. Okay. And uh, with a combination of those being large gatherings with everyone. And when I say large, I'm saying like this last year, there was 22 of us. Okay. And then maybe we've had up to 30 during some years. And then, yeah. so we'll have large gatherings followed up by, uh, just small gatherings of three or four leaders mm-hmm. just alternate those back and forth each time. So that just allows uh, allows people to get to know quite a few others in the city or in ministry. Yeah. At the same time, allows others to really be in a community where they can share deeply about what's really going on in their lives. Right. But like, aren't in this cohort program, like there's a, an investment is like 
either lay leaders or, or full-time leaders commit to this program. And what do you have like about a dozen or so people that are in this from the August to May time? I'm trying to give a good picture of it. Yeah. So like correct it, me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So that's what I say. It's, you know, we, we have between uh, 20 and 30. Okay. 20 and 30. Okay. That, yeah. that do that. That's your large group. They've committed to yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. Great. Well, Dave, why don't you maybe a little backup? Like how, how did you get here? <laughs> how did you gain a heart uh, for the marginalized and the poor and doing ministry yourself in that context, but also just helping see healthy leaders raised up in those, in that context. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I will go back to, uh, my, you know, as I said, I grew up in Denver, went to Weaver high school, uh -huh. uh, went on to college at CSU. Go Rams. I, uh, I was that guy who was good at math, good at problem solving, terrible at English, you know, Went to, went to college and still had to take another remedial English class just to get into CSU. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so I went there and I uh, and I, you know, I would just I was a I was just a free spirited guy, you know, a little bit wild in my years. Didn't you know? Didn't grow up in the church. Came a, a Christian my senior year, okay. but I, I went to CSU and I. Uh, you know, I, I just would say I found out the difference between depression and repression by experience. And I was the guy who was completely repressed, meaning that it's like you'd ask me and the world is fine. It's perfect. I have no idea that there's any kind of problem in life. And then my senior year of college, I just fell apart. Wow just completely crashed uh yeah you know, i don't even know if you and i've ever had a chance to talk about this but uh, yeah i don't think we have yeah. i mean i just literally uh i don't even know what to call it i mean if mm. you call it a mental emotional breakdown or whatever it was i just completely fell apart i couldn't even get i literally could not even stand up hardly for more than a okay. minutes, and i uh, literally my roommates at the time called my parents and said, Hey, somebody's got to come up and get Dave. Cause all he's doing is laying around <laughs> classes. Just, I, and so I literally, my brother came, picked me up, took me home. I had to lay in the back seat just to get home. And that literally, I went on for a year without mm. being able to get up. And, uh, I was just, and had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. Finally, uh, a friend said, Hey, I had something similar. And I'd started going to some counseling. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I was terrified. I literally would like, I, I'm going to, that felt like I was jumping off a cliff. And so I did. And I'm telling you, my world began to open up. And I, I mean, you know, as a believer at that time, but I'm telling you, my world just, opened up and I started realizing things and seeing things and oh my gosh and so all that through that experience I mean and that was like a three-year journey coming out of all that it yeah. was a long time and so I uh I after that I I graduated in with a civil engineering degree worked in that part-time again just because I was that's all I could get to it at the time but I was getting better yeah. And I realized that, no, I, I've got to work with people. That's who I am. And in particular, you know, I read Matthew 25 about, hmm. uh, you know, when we give to the poor and when we visit those who are sick, you know, and I'm real, I'm, I'm relating to that, you know, those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that when you do those things, you know, you're actually doing those, you know, unto Jesus. And so, uh, that was that has stayed my i mean that has kept me on course through life and so that's at that point 
that's when I made that a decision to drop the engineering. I only did it for like a year. And that's when I went down to College Springs and worked at this group home for troubled youth. Okay. Uh, and then really, you know, we just set off on that path. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's still, even, you know, even after all these years, it's just uh, an emotional conversation for me to have as I talk about that, because it was, uh, it was, I mean, the only way I can say is almost like, <laughs> literally, uh, you know, a hell for, uh, for, for a couple of years, it was mm -hmm. extremely hard. And Dave, so this was what, about 40 something years ago? Yeah. I'm trying so, to think back when you said you got married. Yeah. So it had been, you know, a little bit, it had been a couple of years before that, you know, so okay. yeah, 43 years ago or something. 43 years ago. I'm sitting here thinking, how did you, <laughs> now I think it's normative, maybe not so normative, but it's more common among um, the evangelical world to talk about things like Matthew 25 and other passages. But that, that seems like at that time, how did, how did you come across Matthew 25? Did you hear it or did you just in reading scripture? What did yeah, you remember? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Cause I, I don't even know, you know, uh, at that time, I mean, I, I became Christian, but I'm telling you, I didn't even know that you're really supposed to go to church. I didn't really grow up formed in the church. No. Okay. Even though I remember going to a Bible study and then this guy's talking about a guy named Abraham and I thought I've never heard of him before. Wow. And another one, they're talking about a guy named Paul and I'm like, I don't know who Paul is. But I started reading the Bible, though, and uh, okay. and so I did, and then I even was I memorized the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, wow! And so that was a big thing for me. So yeah. Uh, so I think I was just spending time in Matthew, and then in uh -huh. twenty-five, and that came across that. So it's funny. I I just remember that Matthew twenty-five and how that impacted me, and I'm assuming that it's funny. I don't even have a timeline on that other than it was during that time but but this right. is back in a time you know you talk about 40 something years ago this is back when people did not talk about counseling yeah uh, didn't talk about you know because it, it was really a shame and it was a shame for for believers and i don't think that's the case as much today but back then uh, you know, I went to, I remember going to counseling and parking my car, like way away from where the counselor's office and walking just so nobody would see me, you know, that's how much, <laughs> maybe that was just my own issue, but there really was this thing of like, no, if you're a Christian, you have, you should have it together. Right, right. Oh, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You're right. We've come a long way on a, yeah. on a lot of those areas. I think in understanding even, you know, the gospel, I was just listening to someone this past week, because I, I think that, you know, what happened in the fall, there was a break of a relationship with God. So we, we, you know, I think at that time, and still, it's a lot of like, okay, that's the gospel is to help repair that relationship. But there was also a break in a relationship of, with our fellow humans, you know, mm -hmm. and you see very quickly, um, Cain killing Abel and just the conflict that happened. And then there's a, a breakdown and, and just healing and, uh, death. And so counseling comes alongside and just kind of helps repair a lot of that. Um, there, there's a breakdown of the world, you know, and, and, uh, the curse. So the gospel coming to redeem those things. I mean, I think of what you're doing in the inner city is this holistic aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Of, yeah. of yeah. proclaiming the kingdom of God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Who are some of the, who are some of the ministries that you're working with or there in Denver? Uh, you know, uh, we, we even made a count at one point and it was like, 
I think, you know, we're probably, it's like, like there've been maybe 50 different churches and nonprofits that we've been working with, or we've had leaders participate with us over the years yeah. so a lot, but, and this goes back to just being in Denver for so long, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, since my twenties, Gina and I being, my wife and I being, you know, in ministry. So it's just allowed us to have a lot of relationships. And also those who are on our leadership team have a lot of relationships. So it's not just us because we're, you know, we're really working as a leadership team with DLI. Uh, But, you know, some of them would be like, uh, you know, the ones that people might know of Open Door Ministries, uh, ROP or Restoration Outreach Program, uh, Auto Uplift, Save Our Youth, Youth for Christ, uh, you know, Young Life, you know, all these, these ones that, uh, sort of the ones that are fairly well known, pretty much, I mean, pretty much the majority of the sort of well-known ones, and then a lot of the small ones too, you know, that are a little bit more hidden. Yeah. And then across denominational lines, like you're, you're oh, talking yeah. about the yeah, churches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we got, yeah, just the entire, the entire spectrum. Somehow we've been able to, <laughs> to manage this and, uh, and, Amazingly, we've been able to do it without uh, conflict or, uh, you know, maybe if we were just teaching on theology, we would have conflict. <laughs> but if I'm a healthy leader, no, we can all relate to that. Yeah, I mean, I, that is interesting. Like, what, what do, you, do you count because there's this commonality of caring for the city and wanting to be healthy leaders? Is that what you feel like kind of brings people together no matter where they're from or their own tribes. Yeah, you know, I would say uh, that people are part of this DLI community. I think initially God just is drawing them and he he wants to do something, you know, very personally in their lives Mm. and drawing them closer to him or having them maybe uh, you know, face some things in their own lives or whatever it might be. But then as they enter into it, they're, they're in a community, which then they're encouraged because you wouldn't think that you could be, you know, you could be in the middle of the city with a ministry that's doing great work around some of your other coworkers. But many times the, the very words that they'll share is that they felt isolated from yeah. the rest of what's going on. It's, it's mm. interesting that that would happen, but it really does. So it's right. an encouragement to go, okay, well, there's a lot of us in the city. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's so much talk about what not going on and how bad things are. Uh, so you can start to feel like a little overwhelmed. And so it's encouraging, yeah, to be around other believers and go, man, God's doing a lot of good things in Denver and in the inner city neighborhoods. What what are some of the good things God's doing in Denver and the inner city neighborhoods? You know, I I uh, I would just say that there is a, a continual calling. Well, you know what? I'm just thinking about a couple of different things, but I I just want to say one thing is that I am seeing. I think my my heart was is wow, Lord, there needs to be a raising up of new young leaders mm-hmm. and particularly new young pastors. Because mm. I think I see more, sometimes there being a, a move towards nonprofits, which I think is great, but I think young younger pastors. So it was sort of this, there was the old guard of pastors that, you know, that I grew up with in the city. And yeah. we, you know, you knew most of them and they're great, you know, men and women. And, uh, but after a while, you're like, wow, there needs to be some new young, you know, men and women moving into ministry. And I feel like that that's what I'm seeing go on. I I'm just telling you that has been like really encouraging. And then the other thing that's been encouraging, and I'm thinking maybe at this point about some leadership is that I'm seeing that, uh, just some, churches and some uh, nonprofits uh, where uh, just minority leaders are moving into that lead position. Mm-hmm. 
and that's been encouraging. Uh, mm -hmm. Not that it needs to be all that, you know. I mean, it. But I'm just telling you, I feel like, wow. As I've looked around and I've been watching over the last couple of years, I've been seeing that uh, yeah. that there are, you know, many more ministries now being led by, uh, you know, uh, black Latino, and so I, that's that's been very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, just uh, what God's been, you know, I think just a continual presence in the city mm -hmm. and a continual, uh, you know, representing Christ in the city and people making great sacrifices to do that. So I, I would just say that that just continues uh, like what you've seen. So I don't feel like there's been a, a drop off of that. I feel like there, you know, God continues to call people. Are you, I mean, gosh, you've been in the city for, for almost 40 years. Like, do you, do you get overwhelmed? I was thinking about this even before we got on this and I was like, okay, what am I going to share? And, you know, what's, you know, where can I go and not, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess just just the level of sharing, and I'm thinking about my family in particular. And I was, I was like, uh, you know, well, let me just go go with it. <laughs> God's leading. Okay, we're so, we're safe. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, G and I are working in ministry. Then I go and and I have this. I'm I'm sort of going through this another season of some transition, not like what I went through when in my twenties. But really going through some hard time while we're in ministry, even at Youth for Christ, and ended up and that ended up ending. And I went back to uh, I went to work where I never thought I would, doing water rights work, you know, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, that whole time I did that was twelve years, but you know, still, we were still working in the city and living in the city, yeah. and so really still had that ministry. Uh, but then we made a change because I felt again back to Matthew 25, just felt like mm -hmm. no, gotta move back. And this is 20 years ago. Okay, we're moving back to ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, that was just uh my our oldest son, he he felt uh he inside of himself, like, oh my gosh, we're committing to being poor again. Mm -hmm. And because he sort of knew a little bit about that from before mm -hmm. and that set him off and he started going down the wrong road and he was like, you know, into, I mean, just being on the streets, you know, gangs, you know, uh, everything you can think of. And then eventually gets caught as an adult right after 18 gets locked up he ended up being locked up three different times one time even down in texas and yeah i'm telling you you can see i i was around a lot of people who were in chains walking along locked up you know in lockup but then when i saw my own son that way oh my gosh it just broke my heart you just it's a whole different deal when it's your own kid and so i bring this up just because i i just you know, I was thinking again about just this time, and I just wanted to be an encouragement to anyone that would be listening that, wow, at that time, you know, to keep going and to keep going forward. And then you're still in the midst, at least for us at that time, you're still in the midst of the city and everything that's going on. So it's like you're not escaping all the the gunfire and the all the stuff that's going on. I mean, yeah. And then here is your own son, you know, as well as, you know, going to court all the time and whatever it might be. You know, I'll, I'll just say this is that, you know, God has, after 15 years, you know, God has raised him up. He's the one that's married now, has <laughs> a granddaughter, and he is a wonderful guy. God has really redeemed his life. But I'm telling you, that was not a short term thing. That was many years. Uh -huh and really hard on all of us and uh and so i would just say you know yeah that that was overwhelming and i think a lot about people who are in ministry mm -hmm. and, and if your kids go off the rail mm -hmm. stay in it 
or let's say your marriage just you know goes off the rail or whatever it might be these things that we'd never envision happening in our mm -hmm. own lives mm -hmm. here we are committing our lives to ministry to others and our own lives are falling apart mm -hmm. so, uh you know once again going back to like healthy leaders being able to go man what does it look like to be a healthy leader in that way i don't know it is hanging on hanging on for life and mm -hmm. during that time you know working with different churches nonprofits who are ministering to kids and you know help and i'm like going how you know i feel like a hypocrite almost like i'm yeah. helping other leaders uh work with kids and then my own family is in complete uh, you know i always thought about nehemiah and in nehemiah all the walls were broken down and that was the picture that i had is uh, all my all the walls in my family are just broken yeah so uh just persevering i you know through maybe personal experiences more than the outward there was some outward stuff i mean like i said it was, there was some really rough outward stuff but nothing like what's experienced you know with your own family well dave it, it had to be hard i mean it would be heartbreaking for any father but having ministered with youth detention and then like you said you see your own son in that lock up and wow hmm. yeah was, uh, those are those times where you're just crying out to the lord you know and I, i'm sure you know uh, if we reverse this and i was talking to you andy you know you'd be able to share that kind of thing and you know, if we live life any length of time, we're probably, you know, we're going to come across a time in, in our own different ways where we're just crying out to God. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. And just, I think we've all probably been in that situation too, where we just feel like, man, I'm, I'm doing all those things, but my own walls are broken down, whatever they are. And we don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> we want to, we want to stand <clears throat> true and be honest. Um, you, you mentioned that even when you were sharing, <clears throat> you know, but your, your whole focus on these healthy leaders, what, what what is a healthy leader to you? Uh, well, you know, uh, I would just say sometimes I've thought about this as well as that a lot of times if you talk about unhealthy again, you know, what is unhealthy, uh -huh. and then go, and we we say healthy leaders, it doesn't connect quite as much as when we say like. Uh, wow, is really part of an unhealthy church, you know, and <laughs> picture that or something, you know, like, well, why was that unhealthy? What was going on, you know, uh, or an unhealthy marriage, you know, or something yeah. like that. We can sort of picture that a little bit easier than sometimes an unhealthy leader. But, uh, you know, it, it can be in so many different contexts that that happens. And, and really, in some cases, you know, I mean, we can take the extremes of it you know, uh, there can be, and there can be those extremes of somebody that literally is just dying inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, if somebody, I, I would just say this, if somebody is living an extremely double life, they probably are not going to even choose to be part of DLI because they know that in DLI, that's where we're going, you know? Right, it's so going to be exposed. Yeah. So they're probably going to vote, uh, avoid it, you know? Yeah. But if, so when people choose to be part of that, then they know, yeah, uh, I'm going to start talking about how I'm doing in life and ministry. And so unhealthy leaders could look like, uh, I, particularly in the urban context, I would just say there is a, a thing of just giving your all in your work for the Lord to an unhealthy degree where 
maybe you don't even have a life mm -hmm. aside from that. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe if you're married, have kids, they're being neglected. Mm -hmm. And because you feel like that there's some real needs that you're being that are being met, you know, in your ministry. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and I would just say, yeah, that and sometimes we an unhealthy uh, leader would be really trying to sometimes maybe gain their their value and identity to to a degree so much in ministry that they're going to sacrifice other things like maybe family. Uh, and then I would say, again, in the urban context, you know, an unhealthy leader might be one that is 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 struggling financially. Uh, you know, there are a lot of leaders in that city context that are maybe raising support or maybe even being paid in some cases, you know, but it's just like minimal. Right. It, it, and that's unhealthy. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it can be. I mean, it, it can be like, wow, you know, you need to uh address this because it's going to mm -hmm. tear you apart or tear your marriage apart so mm -hmm. well it's good dave i i like how you focus on kind of the opposite unhealthy but mm -hmm. you know I, I guess i'm gonna ask again what are, what are some of the qualities you feel like you know would be a healthy leader yeah, you know, kind of this the contrast of that. To, this time you actually want me to answer the question. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, if you, I, I would just say that a healthy leader is one that is engaging in their relationship with the Lord in a sincere way and a... Uh, and in, a, and in a deep way, you know, so if, so uh, probably starting with that as much as anything, and then, and then with those around them, uh, engaging in relationships that are transparent and open. Mm -hmm. So really transparent and open with the Lord, transparent and open with others. Mm. That's good. Do you, do you try to do things because you have them for this period, but your hope is that they're, that it's ongoing, right? Do you, st do you stay connected with people who've gone through kind of a cohort program? Do they stay connected with DLI in some ways? Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's leaders in their sort of their choice on like, if they want to sort of stay engaged in our, in our deal like community. And we've really yeah. tried to get away from it just being a program. Right. Calling it a community. Yeah. Um, and so just saying we're a community of leaders mm. who are seeking to be healthier leaders. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, we even do make a, a, a concerted effort for that. And we do, uh, and I, you know, I'm not sure if you've been on one of these. I can't remember if we talked about this, but we hold these, you know, quarterly uh, retreats called a day with the Lord. Right. So uh, on these, we we just uh, have leaders come and just spend a day where I mean a day, which for the most part we are, you know, we we don't mind a little quiet time in the morning. <laughs> but <laughs> it could take a day and just set it aside with the Lord and have a small, you know, a small community, maybe 20 people. And we've been gathering up, up in the, up on the hills at Mother Cabrini Shrine. And we, and it's, it's a beautiful setting and just let people help people to be still for a day and listen to the Lord. What's God saying to you? Mm -hmm. that culture today, man, that is tough to get ourselves to do that. And I say ourselves, I mean, if I was not helping to lead it, I'd probably be one of those that's like, man, it'd be tough to get Dave Jones up for one of these. <laughs> I'm not used to being alone like that. So, you know, that's just uh, one of the ways that we just help help continue to engage with them, but then also just in, in relationship with them as well, mm -hmm. just in general. But No, that's, that's really good. I, I think this connect, connecting with each other being transparent, but in that 
in connecting with the Lord. It's interesting this morning, I was, I was in John 15, you know, the passage of, of Jesus says, I am the vine, you're the branches. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty simplistic kind of thing to, to meditate on that if you remain in me and I in you, and there's just these promises of, mm. of bearing fruit, mm. of joy, mm. of uh, things that you ask for, seeing come to fruition, you know, God being glorified. And it's so easy to start trying to, in ministry, kind of create fruitfulness based on my my uh, ability, my creativity, my giftedness, you know, my experience and, and get away from just, I just need to abide in Christ. I need to remain in him. And mm. so that. Yeah, that, that's a great, uh, I think you just answered a lot about a healthy leader right there, didn't you? You know, but, uh, because man, that's that's an encouragement to me this morning, Andy, just to hear you talk about John 15 and and that simple idea of wow, that's when we're gonna see we're going to see fruit, you know. So it's sort of like, yeah, we're maybe sometimes seeking the fruit first. Yeah. On the side we're we're you know, we're abiding in him, but uh first abiding in him and then you know, we don't have to exactly. be you know, we don't have to be uh, manipulating things or pursuing things or just doing all the different things that we can be doing on our own, as opposed to just letting God uh, produce that fruit. And- exactly. He's the one producing it. And, and you're right. I think that's really true is the focus is on our relationship with him, not trying to do things. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There's also the commands in that is to love and it's exemplified. <clears throat> he talks about, you know, laying down your life for others. So that that's the fruit that you were talking about, Matthew 25, that's of loving the least of these and caring for them, but it can be produced by focusing on him. We can get it. Can, I think it can get overwhelming, <laughs> Uh, you know, being in a city, that's why I ask you that just, it's just like constant, it, the, it, the, the problems of the city or the people who are in poverty and people who are oppressed, people who are marginalized, the poor are always with us, you know, and it's, it's just, when does it end? And yeah. yet mm-hmm. you, you have that opportunity to just just to remain in him mm-hmm. and love. And, and the, the promise is that when you do it for the least of these, you do it for him. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned John 15 and uh, one of the things that's really been on my heart is, uh, you know, it says, you know, producing fruit and, the, and fruit that would last. Yeah. And that's really that's really been on my heart, uh, and but I'm 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 just appreciating what you're saying here today, as as something that was prior to that point, is that well how is that going to happen? Uh, but I but I think you know particularly with DLI and I think uh, you know us in ministry. You know, most of us like yeah we we want to be we want to be involved in something you know that's going to last i mean yeah maybe not just the ministry but let's say just our you know our our work for the lord you know we don't want it to be something that just sort of fizzles away or whatever we want it to to count you know we want our work for the lord to count and to mm-hmm. last uh have lasting fruit so but, you know, hey, we're on this thing and here you are like encouraging me and you're bringing me back to the first part of, you know, uh, John 15. And so I'm being encouraged by you today, Andy. Well, I'm encouraged by you, Dave. I think 
you know, been in Denver a long time, just cultivating faithfulness. And I think you, you model a healthy leader yourself. I mean, your, your humility, your, your servant heartedness. And I think that's a, your life is an encouragement to me, Dave, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, pre I appreciate that. That's, that's uh, good for me to hear too, you know, uh, cause I, I, I would just say that we, we all, uh, you know, Satan's out there wanting to, uh, help bring us down, defeat mm -hmm. us, you know, mm -hmm. uh, tell us that our work for the Lord, you know, isn't, isn't going to count and, you know, and, uh, but just God helping us to keep enduring in that, you know, and, and, uh, keep moving with him. And so, yeah, that's, I think we all need that. We just need that encouragement. Yeah. That, uh, no, our work for the Lord is not in vain, but, uh, but I, but I'm like, I said, I'm just really appreciating. And I know, you know, this is the heart of DLI, you know, is to go, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if there's one thing and, you know, it's really just that, that being connected with the Lord, uh, which is interesting that that could be, how is it that we can be in ministry and that be the, one of the very things that, you know, leaders can stray from. <laughs> it's, it's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a good word there. It's just, it's it's like we're in ministry but we we struggle to stay connected to the lord yeah 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 and sometimes maybe we can you know when you're when you're involved in ministry where there's a lot of i guess just the social end of it yeah of which is just such a i mean you know to me uh, take that away and i feel like you're missing the gospel you know you're missing mm -hmm. what, you're missing matthew 25 mm -hmm. but at the same time that can also possibly at times lead towards uh that becoming a focus and we're losing that focus on just abiding in the lord and mm -hmm. letting that fruit come from that so uh, you know it's it's quite a balance to 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 find you know but because uh, i do believe you know yeah we as believers we we want we want to be out there we want to be out there involved in people's lives we don't want to mm -hmm. we don't want to be even stuck in our little ministry things we want to be out there in people's lives you know whoever that mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or whoever you know wow this is good dave well, I really enjoyed visiting with you this morning and kind of, I, I do really appreciate you. You know, I think a lot of members know, how many years did you kind of help the administrative side of GSA? You were kind of in that role before Terrell. Yeah. It's kind of stepped um, in. Yeah. So it was it about, about four years. Uh, yeah. Probably about four years or so. Yeah. So, you use those, those skills, those math skills that you had when you were a student at CSU, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, Rich talked to me and I did that for about four years. So people knew that I was, I literally was, came, I feel like God put me in, you know, for whatever reason, for a period. And uh, I, you know, held things together to a point with some of the finances. But then, I mean, I'm just telling you, I look at like what? You and Terrell, I mean, oh, I don't do the funny has come in, and you know, of course, Rich is just being rich in what he's so good at doing as a leader. But I'm just telling you, I'm just watching you guys as a team, and I, you guys have taken it to a whole nother level. I mean, I've really, I so here I'm getting this opportunity to thank you guys. I really, oh, I'm telling you, you, I have just watched you guys have made such a difference. It's it's been uh so you know i'm a gsa guy gsa believer i keep yeah. sending people gsa's way 
Well, thanks so much, Dave. It's been, it's been, a, like I said, really enjoyable. So how would people connect? I know you have, is it D Denver lead? Denver, yeah. Denverlead.org. Denverlead.org or that, or you can find it through the, the projects link. Um, you also have, we didn't even talk about team with two M's. I don't, what, I'm going to give a real quick, what's the difference in team and the DLI? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> two M's. Yeah. That, that there's a story behind that and we won't even get into that, but, uh, you know, uh, does it stand for something? T, it, T it, A M M. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I won't even get into it. I mean, because it's a funny story, actually. But okay, uh, okay. So yeah, team with the two M's. Uh, that is really uh, a, a a ministry that's been going on. You know, second part of what I do since 2013. In fact, okay. I was going through DLI myself because every time we go through DLI, we as leaders who are leading it, we also participate. We're we're part of that. Okay. My breakthrough plan is we have breakthrough plans with DLI is that this is something God put on my heart was to pursue this team program, which is helping uh, leadership teams of uh, urban churches or ministries go through a process and sort of like DLI, like looking at themselves and going, how are we doing? How are we being healthy? How are we being unhealthy? Mm -hmm. So, uh, a very similar in a lot of ways and, and a similar kind of deal where it's, it's many months together where okay. we really work and meet and talk over like, what, what is it we're about? Are we really doing what we said we are to be about? Yeah. So that's what, uh, okay. So that's what... That's, my heart is just as much team as it is DLI, but right. Yeah. I understand that. So that that's kind of cool that you go through DLI and got kind of put that. Yeah, your heart too. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again, Dave, for uh, coming on this morning. And please say hi to Gina. Yeah. Love your wife. It was fun to see her um, just, I don't know, it's a few weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. I, my wife and I joined, it was uh, EC, who's a member and part of your leadership team, and led a little uh, prayer day at the Denver Botanic Gardens. And that was fun to, see you and Gina. Yeah. There. Had a great day. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Very meaningful. So thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate all you do. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. Steady. Okay. You as well. Okay. All right. Take Talk care. to you later. All right. Bye. This has been the Global Service Associates Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andy McCullough. Our theme song is Lay It Down by Travis and the Ghost. We hope you catch all our episodes so that we can all better connect as members. Thank you. Thank you.